Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The star of today's Apple event is a pair of totally redesigned MacBook Pros. But what makes them different? I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With me to run through everything new coming to these new MacBook Pros is our laptop guru, Dan Ackerman. Welcome, Dan. Hey there. All right, so we got a new MacBook Pro 14 and 16. Run through some of the changes. Maybe we'll just talk superficially at first. Like how, like it looks different. Tell me about how different these are. It does look different. And some of these Mac updates, the changes are all internal. And some of them, the changes are largely external. This is a case where you had big changes internally and externally. But as a consumer-focused person, I really usually feel like the external changes are actually the most important for you know everyday computer users like uh, you and I. And I think in this case, that's especially true because... We've gotten back a lot of the ports that people have asked for for years that Apple took away. We have a bigger screen in the 14-inch, frankly, a bigger screen in the 16-inch as well. The, uh, they, they've gone so big with the screen in, in relation to the size of the lid that they've had to go with a notch to put the webcam in there rather than <laughs> having a straight bar across. Some people like the notch, some people don't. They did manage to work in a higher resolution camera, a 1080 camera, which feels very, you know, we're t- we talk about 4K all the time now. So to talk about 1080 is some sort of huge reach, some sort of big goal seems a little silly to me, but we're finally there because most Windows laptops still don't have that. They have these terrible 720 uh, old webcams. Uh, the Surface Pro 8 actually has a 1080 webcam. And now, and now these Macs do. Uh, and I think that's going to be, perhaps the most game-changing thing for a lot of people who sit there in Zoom meetings all day. Absolutely. It seems like the display, the camera, the ports, all these things, it seems like they were running through the wish list of things. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting that it took this move, not just from the first generation, but the second generation of their own Apple Silicon, this M1 Pro or M1 Max chip to bring some of these changes. But uh, is, is this... I'm just curious about the timing of that, because it seemed like a lot of these things probably could have been added to the MacBook Pro a long time ago, but they decided, let's all hold off until we've got this M1 chip, our own M1 chip, and then we'll start loading up all the goodies in this laptop. Is that is that kind of what happened? It's interesting. Last year, they did update the basic 13-inch MacBook Pro, but they kept the touch bar. They added the M1 chip. They didn't add any of this other stuff, but that was sort of the, the left-behind uh, MacBook Pro. Nobody was really that interested in it because the delta between that and the Air, which was much cheaper, was actually very mm. tiny. There wasn't a lot of daylight between them, really in terms of features or performance. So this is a much more full overhaul. And frankly, if they think they're going to get you know a lot of grief or not grief, but people you know really pointing out, oh, get rid of the old touch bar, huh? You know, if you pack it in with a lot of other things changing at the same time, you are less likely to pay a ton of attention to the fact that uh, they've been touting the touch bar for years and all of a sudden it is persona non grata. It's been put in the uh, memory hole. I think it was mentioned once very briefly, just in terms of 
these physical buttons replace it. And that was yep. the end of it. This reminds me of years and years ago when MacBooks did not have HDMI ports. And for years in our, like, what we'd like to see in a MacBook, we put that as a thing we'd like to see. And Apple always basically said, we're, we're not going to do that. We, we have our own stuff we do. And then one year it was just there. And it wasn't like we've come to some great revelation about it. It was just, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this now. So now this is cool. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned the HDMI port, which is also on the new MacBook Pros. The the fact that the touch bar is gone, yes, they, 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 there was one little reference, but I imagine for a lot of folks, they're going to be happy with this, right? This is one instance where removing a feature is actually going to please a lot of people because at least for me, I have, I have a MacBook Pro with the touch bar. I never use that thing. No, I love the idea of a secondary display. And the, I, and the concept of the touch bar was great. It was a little 60 pixel high OLED touchscreen. You could do a lot of interesting things with it, but it just didn't work in this particular case. It may have been too early. It may have been too narrow. It may have been too tightly controlled in terms of what you could do and not do with it. When I had a, when I was using a machine with one, I would use it for brightness and volume. And I liked mm -hmm. having a slider with my finger instead of pressing button, 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 button. So that was great. The Touch ID fingerprint reader was also great, but they've broken that out and made it its own piece in other Macs now. So right. there really isn't a ton left. And like you said, the people most likely to use it a lot, uh, photo editors, video editors, people who want to like have like uh, virtual jog wheels and things like that, they just never really took to it. So at this point, I, I think keeping it would be counterproductive. Right. And coming back, actually making a comeback is MagSafe, which we first heard the term brought back with the with the iPhone 12 last year. And now it's it back like the legit MagSafe port. I know you have some strong feelings about that. What do you what do you think about this MagSafe USB-C? Yeah. It is a it's sort of split the difference. It's MagSafe, but it's USB-C as well, right? Well, you, they have both. You, you can power, you can charge through a USB-C cable, uh, but you can also use the new proprietary, again, MagSafe uh, charger. I'm assuming that's the one that's going to come in the box. I don't know for sure mm. yet. And I always loved the traditional MagSafe. I thought it was great, and I was very sad when Apple got rid of it. But there was a greater good to be gained out of that, which is that Apple shockingly was using a universal port to power their systems. And the same USB-C cable, uh, whether it was a Mac one or an HP one or a Lenovo one or your Nintendo Switch cable, I just charged the MacBook Air for my Nintendo Switch cable. It was great. That universality uh, of that, I think, was just a big step forward for everybody. And you can still do that, yes. But I just imagine you're, because I hear this occasionally, you sit around, somebody goes, hey, does anybody have a MacBook cable? And you go, sure. And you know that it's going to work, but you know you can also use that cable on your Nintendo Switch, on your iPad Pro, right. on your many of the USB-C powered phones. Now, when somebody says, yes, I have a MacBook cable, but is it USB-C or is it the MagSafe one? Well, then I can't use that or I can't, you, you know. So you still have some universal usefulness there and being able to use your other branded USB-C cable to charge your MacBook. But that MacBook plug that comes in the box is now less useful for sharing with other devices. Some people think I'm making too big a deal of this. And maybe I am. I'm just telling you, I like universal standards or commonly used standards versus proprietary ports. And uh, adding that proprietary port back, it, it'll do some good in some ways. But I think there's a, there's a downside that we should also consider. All right. Well, let's. We talked a lot about the externals, the ports, the displays, and all that. The internals are also got a big, 
big change, right? Uh, with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max processors. And I know right now it's a lot of numbers and we haven't had a chance to actually try these ourselves, but you know, break through what, uh, or run through what these new processors mean and just the internals and, and what all of that means to the experience of using a new MacBook Pro. When Apple moved from Intel CPUs to the M1 last year in the Air and the 13-inch Pro and the Mac Mini, I was I was concerned about how how these chips would perform in terms of things people use like Photoshop and you know just everyday stuff. You know you could run things through an emulator if it wasn't officially supported yet, uh, which was frankly most things still is a lot of things. But over the course of a year of using M1 Max, I found that the greatest compliment I can pay them is that the transition, the experience of going from an Intel MacBook to an M-powered one was largely transparent, which frankly is what you want. If you don't really notice it's that different, that means they're, they're doing a good job. But there were some things they couldn't do. Uh, they didn't really have any ability to add extra graphics power to them. Even on, on Intel Macs, you could hook up an external GPU in a box. There were, there were ways you could do that. The bigger uh, MacBook Pros and bigger iMacs had discrete graphics hardware from AMD, and you need that for some video production and special effects and 3D modeling and all sorts of things like that. The regular consumer level M1, which is comparable to an old you know Intel one without discrete graphics, it, it just, it's not what you need for pro work. So they were not getting yeah. the pro pro users who will spend $5,000, $10,000 on a rig. Uh, the, the, the MacBook Pro with the M1 that was available before this was just not for them. So now they're saying that the big difference here is the graphics cores. They're basically combining the CPU and the GPU in one, as opposed to having a discrete, uh, you know, Apple graphics card like NVIDIA or AMD would have. Uh, so 16 cores in the M1 Pro, 32 cores in the M1 Max. Uh, what the real world effect of that is going to be, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Although, frankly, the regular M1 can, you know, edit 4K video just fine. Uh, I had a couple of people ask me already what I think about gaming on the Mac in terms of this. You know, they didn't mention it. They, they generally don't. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask a few game developers and game publishers what they think about that. Uh, but gaming on the Mac remains as, as dead as ever. To that point, <laughs> you can't even play the new Diablo 2 remake on a Mac. Okay, well... And if there's a game that you should be able to play on a Mac, it's Diablo 2. And, I, you know, looking at the... And I will confirm that the, the MagSafe cable does come with the box. So if you're buying that, you're getting a USB-C to MagSafe 3 cable. So, yes, back to proprietary ports. There is a USB-C port on the other side, so presumably you'll be able to charge it there, mm -hmm. but... Yes, you're right. and, and, the, and the, you can. The cable the you're getting is not universal. Yeah, the same thing happened in the Surface Pro line, that's actually the new Surface Pro 8. Microsoft has their own magnetic MagSafe style thing, which is frankly yeah. awful and always has been. It just falls out all the time. It doesn't stay in. It's, it's just a mess. But you can also charge through USB-C, which any sane person should. Here in the MagSafe case, the MagSafe port was always actually useful and, and, and you know easy to get the plug into. So I, I don't have the same. My admonition is not as strong about that. But, uh, Got it. Yeah. If, if, but, you know, if you're carrying a USB-C cable with you, you should be good for charging a lot of things. So, I mean, I'm looking at the site now. There's, when you're looking at the RAM, uh, the memory there, there's a lot of talk about unified memory. What exactly is unified memory? Like, what is, how does that benefit about, you? They're talking about sharing memory between CPU tests and, and graphics tasks. So that's not, uh, mm. uh, instead of breaking it out, as you used to see, you know, this would have eight gigs of memory and then, you know, two gigs or four gigs of, of graphics memory. 
Got it. So it's basically using pulling together all these resources to do yes. multiple tasks. Got it. Uh, and anything else about the internals, the specs? Uh, you know, we we talked a bit about the display being larger and having the notch, but is the display any better? Uh, yeah, they're calling it an XDR display, similar to the big giant standalone XDR display uh, monitor. Uh, I think the resolution has gone up a little bit. They're definitely brighter. Uh, they have a higher regular brightness and a higher peak brightness. Again, you have to look at it in person to really see what the effect of that is. But the but the displays on the MacBook Pros have been, and frankly, on the MacBook Air, the recent models have been really great anyway. Um, I, I don't think anyone was saying the resolution wasn't high enough or even right. that the brightness on the MacBook Pro wasn't bright enough. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the notch feels like it fits in to people's workflows uh, because you won't be able to go full screen on things in the same way because you got that notch there. And of course, the mm. notch doesn't do Face ID, which maybe we thought maybe it might do because it looks the same as the phone one. Right, right. It's, it's just, I think the 1080 webcams posted the extra sensors that make the face. Yeah, well, we'll, you know what, we'll take that and, and we'll be, we'll be thankful for the 1080, but you know, I always, want more. I always want more. There you go. Well, uh, there's always more to dig through. I'm sure Dan, we'll have you back on when you actually get your, your hands on one of these things and, and have your full review out. Otherwise, you can check out our full coverage as well as the AirPod 3s we'll, we'll, we'll discuss tomorrow uh, on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>